Well, no doubt today will be a very centralized edition of the Peterborough Roundtable. We are going to focus on the sport of basketball. FIBA is underway. That has people talking. And how about what has gone on in NBA free agency? The landscape of the NBA has changed significantly over the past few days, so you knew we were going to have to disrupt the summer vacation of one of our hoops experts, that being Ryan McNeil. Ryan, let's get right to it. Where were you and what did you think when you found out about the decision 2.0? I was shocked. I was out doing some errands, and my phone starts blowing up, and I figured, okay, Durant made the decision back to Oklahoma City. I pick up my phone, and he went to Golden State. And even though this this uh, season you saw Golden State winning 73 games, they became one of the all-time great teams, there were whispers about Durant leaving for the Warriors, but I thought, man, there's no way you can leave a franchise you've grown up with, and and be that bandwagon guy who jumps on when the team is doing well. Look at LeBron James and how much grief he got for going to Miami. So there's no way Durant's going to go. But then when Oklahoma, when Golden State blew it in the NBA Finals, like oh man, and then you hear this past weekend that all the Golden State stars from Draymond Green to Steph Curry to Clay Thompson to Iguodala went to meet Durant and the Hampton. I'm kind of like, ooh, they're, they're all in on this. And then it word leaked, I think yesterday, that Jerry West had went and called Durant and said, hey, my big regret for my playing career was being on teams that weren't good enough to win at all. I think Jerry West was 1-6 or 1-7 in the, in the finals. Um, and I think Durant looks at it, and Sam Presti, hasn't made a bunch of great moves. He got rid of James Harden. He just dumped Serge Ibaka. Uh, he hasn't made great coaching choices. He stuck with Scotty Brooks too long. Then he hired an unexperienced NBA coach in Billy Donovan. I think if you're Durant, you're kind of like, the money is more Oklahoma City, but Durant wants to win. And I, I respect him for leaving a good situation for what's probably going to be a great situation. You know, we've probably never seen a collection of individual talent on one team like this version of the Golden State Warriors. This is a team that won 73 games last year. So where do you set the bar? They couldn't possibly duplicate that. Could they even with Durant? I I put the wins at 65 wins. I I see them even drop it from the 72 like you mentioned. It's kind of like a high school chemistry lab. You have what was a great nucleus that won 73 games, but you're going to have an adjustment because Kevin Durant has been a focal point. He's had five seconds to sit and jab and a lot of isolation stuff, and Golden State has been successful and will be successful because of a free-flowing offense where anyone can destroy you. If you look at it, like, how can you spend the entire game in the jerseys of Curry, Clay Thompson, and Durant? Because the reality is, in the finals, Cleveland had to do that with an injured Curry and Clay Thompson, and they just won in seven games, and they're down three games to one. So when you put Durant in the mix, it's going to be lethal. But going back to the, the chemistry example, it's going to take time. Miami, in their first season, I think they were – 10 and 9 at one point. You look at Cleveland with LeBron James, and there was a huge learning curve. I think they were like 
18 and 19 two years ago in our first season, LeBron's return. Look at the Los Angeles Lakers a couple of years back when they got Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Everyone thought, oh, Pau Gasol, Kobe Bryant, uh, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, these guys are going to roll. And I think they even missed the playoffs that year, or they were like a seven or eight seed, and they were out in the first round. So, I, obviously, I don't think Golden State's going to go the route that the Lakers went. But I think it'll be a similar arc to that of the Miami Heat when they got the big three. And even LeBron's return to Cleveland. It's going to take a time where you're kind of seeing where Steve Kerr's playing with different things. Like, how can I use this lineup? Am I going to go with a small ball lineup? Am I going to go with one big and maybe have Iguodala come off the bench to kind of save him for the playoffs? There'll be a lot of experimenting and, and, and testing out new roles for players and seeing who fits where and how that works. But at the end of the day, Mercier is going to be a lot of fun to watch the regular season, seeing how these pieces fall into place and seeing how Steve Kerr can maximize all of these tools. Ryan McNeil of HoopsAddict.com is with us on the regulars. He stepped into the ring as part of the round table. I want to talk legacy here. Call me old-fashioned, but I still value championships more if you're the guy and it's your team. Example, titles for Jordan, Bird, Magic, Duncan just mean a little bit more than titles for guys like Garnett jumping to Boston, Ray Allen going all over the place, and even a Clyde Drexler back in the day when he left Portland for Houston. I'm just curious, is, am I making any sense or am I way off base here? I love the Boston comparison because I agree with you. I, I love Garnett. I love that he got a championship in Boston, but it would have meant so much more if he'd won it in Minnesota. But just playing devil's advocate, do you think he would have won in Minnesota? Well, they did have Wally Zerbiak. Oh, my goodness, and Sam Cassell. So you look at it, and I, I think as a sports fan, as a journalist, I think the thing that values most is winning. And for Kevin Durant to leave someone in a table in Oklahoma City to go in and have a better chance at winning, I definitely respect that. And I think, I think the crazy thing is the only way that Durant leaves Oklahoma City for Golden State is when Golden State lost in the finals. Like, Golden State was up three games to one, Jordan. If they had held on one championship, then there's no way you can justify Durant leaving Oklahoma City without being a complete bandwagon guy. But he's going to a situation where he's kind of that cherry on top of that ice cream sundae. Yes, it's a great ice cream sundae already, and it's going to be fun to watch and all that kind of stuff. But I do feel that Durant left some money on the tables with some self-sacrifice. He loved the people in Oklahoma City. It was like a home to him. And he gave up some stuff to go and get a better chance to win. So I'm going to give Durant the benefit of the Devon situation, and I'm going to give him credit for doing what he needs to do as an athlete to win some championships. Well, Ryan, we're a little bit tight for time, but there's a couple of other things I wanted to get to. One, is there a single team that you could see beating Golden State in a seven-game series now with the Durant addition? No, because even if Steph Curry gets injured, you still have three All-Stars. I, I just think Golden State is so far and ahead above 
the competition. As crazy as it's going to sound, I think the team that can make the biggest impact on the rest of the league still, coming to the Western Conference, is Oklahoma City. And the reason being is, less than a year from now, just over 11 months from now, Russell Westbrook is going to be a free agent. Sam Presti sitting down with Westbrook in the next week, trying to get a five-year extension hammered out, max extension. If Westbrook balks in any way it doesn't happen, then Westbrook is going a la James Harden because Sam Presti can't lose Westbrook for nothing like he lost Durant. What I could see happening is Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics swoops in, offers that Brooklyn pick, which should be a top three pick. Oklahoma City can bottom out. So Boston would trade Marcus Smart, a former top five pick, and a, and a, a younger guy, and that lottery pick from Brooklyn. And then Oklahoma City bottoms out next season. You'd have two of possibly the top three, not the top five draft picks in a stacked draft class. And Oklahoma City can rebuild again. They'll have two young guys locked in for a long period of time. So I think that Boston is in a nice position to steal Westbrook. And if you have Horford and Westbrook and all these blue guys and a great coach, I think Boston is going to be scary good next season. So keep an eye on Sam Presti and Westbrook. If those talks fall through, then Oklahoma City is going to move Westbrook to Boston or even the Lakers right now. Let's bring our focus back to the Eastern Conference. The Raptors keep DeRozan, let Biombo walk. What's your assessment on what they've been able to do so far? I'm a little curious, I guess the word I'd use, in that, yes, DeMar DeRozan retaining him was huge. Like in any business, you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. So they got their guy five years, less than a max. It seems like a good idea. But here's the deal. This time next summer, Kyle Lowry is a free agent. NBA teams can only give one player in your roster the five-year um, contract. So DeMar DeRozan has that. So this time next year, Kyle Lowry will be a free agent. And without that extra year as incentive, there's no real reason for Lowry to stay in Toronto as opposed to Miami or Dallas. Those are two teams that have less state income tax. So a max in Toronto is less than a max in Miami or in Dallas. So I think, even though it seemed like a good idea to keep the Virgil Rosen, even though fans are excited, I think you kind of shot yourself in the foot. And on top of that, Toronto desperately needs a power forward. They balked at Serge Ibaka on draft night. They didn't do any of the trade deadline. They came close to Palagasol. Their runners-up in that derby would have been a great fit. But now, Messiah Jerry, look at his roster. You lost Bismarck Biombo. Yes, you kept DeMar DeRozan, but there's a lot of question marks running this team. And even though they're coming up a 56-win season, these next few weeks, and even next year, will be huge in seeing if the team can sustain this. And you have to keep an eye on what Kyle Lowry's thinking, because if he bolts in nothing for him, that's a huge loss to this franchise. Interesting takes, as always, from our man, Ryan McNeil of HoopsAddict.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Ryan McNeil. We'll catch up soon, pal. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, buddy.